Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Hey, welcome to another episode of Concerts That Made Us. I'm your host, Brian, and this week I'm chatting to Sean from the excellent Dublin-based indie rock band, Wild Tibetan Monks. But before we get into it, I'd just like to remind you to find us and follow us on social media. Just search for Concerts That Made Us podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and if you'd like to support the show, we're on the Buy Me A Coffee website. Now, before we talk to Sean, we're going to take a listen to his song, Cartoons. I have to warn you, it's been stuck in my head for weeks and I know it'll be the same for you. But now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Sometimes it feels too real. 
work a little too much It's getting to me I take a little more time Than I All become unstuck What happened to me No, I lost my way Well, I really Hi, Sean. You're very welcome to the show tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, that's great to have you. So we just heard your band song there opening the show. Would you like to introduce it and tell us a bit about it? Oh, yes. That that, that song is uh, it's called Cartoons. Um, and we put it out a few months ago. Uh, did really well uh, on got over 10,000 streams on Spotify and everything. And, you know, everyone seemed to like it. Uh, it was pretty, it's kind of interesting because it's a song we had for like maybe two or three years. We've been like playing it live and stuff. And it was only, we went to Australia for two years. Um, and it was only when we went to Australia, we started properly recording stuff. Um, and that was that was the first song we recorded. Um, so we did it in this place called Rada Studios in right. Perth, in Australia. Um, and the producer kind of, made it his own like you hear there's a lot of kind of synth stuff in the background mm. um, and that's really uh his influence on the, on the song so yeah yeah it was actually i was listening to it earlier on today and uh it really does rock like it's uh, oh, uh <laughs> the first time i heard it there last week i was kind of it opens and i was thinking it's a, a pop song but then yeah. when it just opens up and it's pure like rock and it's a it's a great song and it's one I definitely love to hear live. I'd say it really gets the crowd going. Oh yeah, yeah, like that's one where um, it's funny when you play it live. 
like obviously that to make the sound really full and make it sound good on a radio or whatever you know you have all these synths and all these little kind of instruments around but when we're playing live it is just me and the guitar just playing that riff mm. for the for the verse and then everything gradually comes in but then you kind of you just hit the drive pedal and crank it up <laughs> but, um <laughs> your man uh the guy Matt Gio, the producer, um, he was saying himself that he actually put like put like an extra hour of work into just setting up the uh, the amps we were playing through. So we had like ten pedals that he's everything going through, and he was saying it even himself. Just he was like really surprised on how big a sound and how kind of crunchy he could get it. And he, he was like, "Oh, I've never actually got this like rock heavy before," and I was like, "This is exactly what we're looking for." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, really, yeah. It, it really does sound great. But uh, how long have you been a band? Well, so we've been a band. I like so I've been in and out of bands since secondary school, since I was like sixteen. But this band, uh, we started in college, so it's been. I'm I'm old enough. It's uh, <laughs> it's ten years. Ten years. Uh, yeah, it's ten years this year. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, ten years in maybe. Uh, September, October. Yeah, it was gas. The whole the whole way it started was um, we were I like I'd gone from a band in secondary school where, you know, we really enjoyed it, but then everyone went their different ways and mm. we just couldn't really practice anymore. And my view to solving this was to start a band with as few people and with the exact same as I have. So I was like, oh, well, just pick like two other people. Um, and then you'll be able to coordinate everything and uh, so I like I went into I remember going into college and I was just like everyone that I meet I'm going to ask them do they play an instrument and do they want to be in a band <laughs> and uh, it was funny so our drummer Liam was he was like late to some lecture or something and I was passed by and I'd been there the week before and he's like oh do you know where this place is I'm running late and I was like oh yeah it's here here and here and then I was like, oh, wait, by the way, do you play an instrument by any chance? And I don't think he did at that time. Mm. He kind of, I think, like drum kit. Oh, I kind of play drums, yeah. And trying <laughs> to like make it sound like he could. And I was mm. like, oh, do you want to be in a band? And he was like, oh, okay. And then like we exchanged numbers and he had to like run to that lecture. And then he had known, um, he, he knew Ring, he'd met Ringo the week before and had heard that Ringo played guitar. And he was like, oh, we should get him in. Um, and then that's how the band started. And then, that was it. And then, sorry, the, what really accelerated it was St. Vincent de Paul, the society, had this battle of the buskers thing. Right. And uh, we saw it and we were like, oh, we should definitely do that. And we were definitely, it was way, definitely way too early for us to play a gig. But it was, re- it was really good anyway. It was like in the yeah. middle of the day. But after that, we kind of said, oh, like this is actually something that we really enjoy and just continue doing it. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you mentioned the other band members there. I have to say, I thought Ringo would be on drums. Yeah, yeah, that's the, <laughs> a lot of people say that. It's it's funny because um, I actually I don't like I'm not that good at music trivia to be honest. <laughs> um, uh, and so that passed me for years. So his surname is Ring, and that's why he's always called Ringo. And so I always just thought, oh, Ringo from the Beatles. And I kind of, in my head, I thought, oh, that must be the other lead guitarist. Right. And then someone's like, no, it's Ringo Starr. He's the drummer. And you're like, oh, that, that was lost on me for, <laughs> for years. Like, 
so um fast forward a few years then and you went to australia oh yeah yeah was it did you go as a band or was it you just went for the experience and you happened to be there together so you performed yeah. over there or? yeah it'd be it'd be it'd definitely be the latter i love the way <laughs> when um when you have to do all the pr stuff for your music people are always like oh and you were in perth we'll say you were gigging around australia <laughs> <laughs> you just like <laughs> like that's not what happened right. um, but yeah no we we all went because all of our friends were going um, and we actually all ended up living together so and that was just kind of like we're in a group of maybe 10-15 friends and we just happened to be in a house together mm. and it was great because we realised like we just play all the time we had a like the first few the first week or two we went in bought all the instruments um, and we got two of our other mates to come in and start playing with us as well. Because that's one of the things that makes a big difference is between the three of us, we can record all the songs. Like, you know, Liam does drums, uh, Ringo, do, Ringo and me kind of do guitar. I do the bass. Me and Ringo do the vocals. And then like we kind of work out the keyboards as well yeah but like you know we can't really play keyboards and like you know we're not really <laughs> that good at guitar either you know it's kind of right. but in a recording set when you're recording it's like you only have to get it right once and you're like there we go <laughs> yeah yeah <I> gotcha. <laughs> but um so but for playing live uh having those extra people like makes a huge difference and mm. um, so that's one of those things that when we move back the other two guys are still in australia all um, right so but we still haven't had an opportunity to play a gig yet so it hasn't actually been an issue, but as soon as things start opening up again, we've we've a few other guys kind of lined up around here in Ireland that, that might be able to play with us. So yeah. Yeah. And uh what is the what's the music scene like in Australia versus Ireland? Uh it's cool. Like when we say Australia, it's more like we were in Perth, which is the main city of Western Australia. Right. Um, but I think it's like it's two million people and it has uh the the big thing is i don't know what it was maybe it's because we went over with like a few hundred irish people that they'd always come to all of our gigs right that it always seemed like there was a bigger crowd but that that could be the reason like i remember we used to play gigs around uh, dublin and it would be at like you'd play at some bar or whatever but there's a lot of times the only people watching would be the band playing next you know and it's just <laughs> right. be like the three you're playing and that'll be it and that's still good but you know like for original music you know what would you like if you actually if you're honest with yourself a lot of the time what would you rather hear like someone playing all these songs that you know the words to you naturally gravitate towards that a lot more yeah. and uh, so like i don't i don't blame people who like don't want to listen to our like original music like i totally get that but um in australia it seemed that uh the places that we were playing like they always seemed full anyway mm. and it was like i don't know is it is it because there's no traditional like you don't have trad music there so maybe there was a gap there for live music for original music but yeah the, the one thing i remember though was we played in this bar in this bar called mojo's in uh fremantle just south of perth and um i remember it, we got there and we've all our gear because we're like you say, a, a kind of alternative rock band. 
Yeah. And we get there and the place is dead silent and you realise, it's an open mic night, but you realise every other act is acoustic and really quiet acoustic. <sighs> and the bar is like really empty and you're like, not dreading to go on, but you can see in the other guy's faces that, oh, is this going to be totally not the right mood or whatever? And I remember we get up, we set up and we're about to start playing to like these five people. <laughs> and uh, and then all of our Irish mates just suddenly just trundle into the bar, like just and fill it up. Like there must have been 30 of them. And you're just like, and this is a Monday night as well. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God. And then it's funny, there's like one or two of them like knew the words to our songs. And I was like singing along and you're like, <laughs> our like our band, like our drummer doesn't even know the words to our songs. Like what are you, how do these guys know? Like so like, I mean, so I'll always be incredibly grateful to the support that our kind of our group of Irish mates gave to us. So people that we don't even hang out with a huge amount, but like seem to come to every gig, sing along and everything. And you're like, it like it's absolutely like it does not go unappreciated. Like it was absolutely massive. So, you know, it's a bit different, I suppose, comparing that to Ireland. Yeah. Uh, like I mean, because we had those like that those following those people following us anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. I imagine even without that, Ireland just it seems like a very hard place to get on in a band, you know, unless you're yeah. a, a cover band or you're playing weddings mm. or something like that. You know, for original music, yeah. like you mentioned, it's near impossible, I imagine. Yeah, we um well, I suppose one of those things it's it's like they say it's not it's in your impossible, but that just means that if you ever do sort of break through, you know, once you kind of hit that mark and people know about you, it's kind of, it's, it's just that once you break that mark, mm. you know, everything's a lot easier, but you just yeah. have to keep working until you break it. But yeah, in terms of cover bands, like we did, a, we did a few college balls, like small kind of charity balls, mm. and maybe 600 people. At it and like not not the like Trinity Bowl or anything like that. Nice. But, um, we uh, it, it was gas because we only ever played originals and m- might put one cover in a set and it was just three of us playing originally. And I remember one of my friends that I met uh, like in the Gael talked or something was like, "Oh, we're organising this ball. Uh, we couldn't get the band. The band pulled out. Do you guys like? I know you're in a band. Do you would you guys be able to do covers?" Uh, I'm only asking you as a last resort. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. You're at the bottom of my list. Um, <laughs> and I remember thinking like, oh, we can't really do covers because like, you're kind of like, uh, like when you do your own songs, people think you can sing well. And then when you try some covers, you realize I'm actually not that good at singing. <laughs> you're kind of like, it becomes very, very apparent very quickly. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know if it's going to suit us. And I remember the guys being like, Oh no no we definitely should do this and we got two other guys in the band thought like learned about 20 songs over like two weekends and then went and played and it is amazing the difference of how everyone loves it everyone's singing along and you mm. realize this doesn't matter how good we play like we played one where the uh the pa system for the vocals and keyboards just stopped working every like 10 seconds just kept cutting out and it made no difference because everyone knew the words already and you're like this is so much more (laughs) kind of rewarding in the short term compared to playing your original music yeah yeah yeah. it's uh you should have probably like 
played five covers, then thrown in one of your own, you know, get their attention with the covers <laughs> and then, you know, throw in yeah. your own. I, I don't know if that would have gone in that well. <laughs> we played, <laughs> we played some, we played a few kind of questionable covers. I can't remember what they were, but some song from like the seventies or something. And uh, our, our drummer always talks about it. He's like, we shouldn't play that song again. Like everyone was dancing and having a good time. You know, we were playing like, um, we were doing some cool Biggie Smalls and the Strokes. Mm. And uh, they were like, you know, everyone's loving that. And then we played this song and I physically watched the whole dance floor just empty. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, you know, I'd be the same as well. If I didn't like a song, like this is time to get a drink. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. We'll uh, we'll move on to your concerts. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Um, what's the uh, what's the earliest musical memory you have? Yeah. So, well, this week my earliest musical memory was I think when I was like eight or something. There's this uh, there's this CD my dad has called Music to Watch Girls Go By, which I don't right. think you'd be allowed to call it that now, but probably uh, not. Yeah, you realise like as you say these things out loud, you go, "Oh, that wouldn't be allowed today." <laughs> Not even that bad, but yeah. Um, and I remember like as maybe like an eight-year-old just playing that again and again, and all these weird songs that you know they probably I think they were famous like in the fifties or sixties. <laughs> and my dad's not that old. Like you know when someone, like you know when someone is into music that's old, and mm. you just think, "Oh, that's because that's my dad. That's an old man." And then you realize, oh, wait, no, no, he doesn't even have an excuse to like that music. That was even before his time. How the hell is he doing that? Yeah. But um, yeah, that, that was really it for me. And then I, uh, my parents got me to start learning how to play piano when I was like seven. And then it, it's weird. I can't really, like, I can kind of get away with playing, like recording piano now, mm. but I don't really play it at all now. Just kind of sad. yeah. This is kind of yeah. <laughs> this is not a good motivational um, interview for, for musicians. I <laughs> uh, picked up that instrument and then I just didn't like it. <laughs> but uh, and then when I was in secondary school, I started doing guitar, mm. and I don't know. It's like whatever way that instrument resonated with me, I, I kind of liked it a lot more. And so mm. I started writing songs and went from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, most guys are like that as well. You know if. Most guys that are into music, when they hit their teenage years, guitar just seems like the coolest thing ever. You know, nobody yeah, really yeah. is like, I'm going to go learn piano. It's, I yeah, want the guitar, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's always been that way. My my thing as well is uh, each, it's like, it's like you're concentrating more on each note with the guitar. Because you know the way like with, well, I don't know it, which instruments like it, you play because I could, you could be like a guitar virtuoso like, <laughs> oh, talking no. to someone who knows way more than me. <laughs> no, no, I play a bit of guitar, but I wouldn't be by yeah. any means a great elf. <laughs> but with like piano, you know the way it's like you play the note, but you haven't, you're not making the note as well. Mm. That's why you have your kind of two hands freed up. Whereas guitar, there's something kind of cool that you can like make your own. You're making the note as you yeah. want it as well. So I don't know, it just seemed kind of nicer as well. And all the effects you can use. Which yeah. you can in keyboards as well, but I just thought that was harder. So that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, what was the first single you've ever purchased or album? Oh, um, I think it was U2, How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. 
Okay. I think it was that one. And uh, I still remember part of the track list because that was one with Vertigo on it, Miracle Drug second. The third one was the one, uh, Sometimes You Can't Make It On Your Own. Mm. Fourth, Love and Peace or Else. Uh, five was City of Blinding Lights. And six was, oh, it's annoying. I can't remember what the sixth one was. And then there were like Crumbs From Your Table was on that as well at number eight and stuff. But I remember just like playing that again and again and again. Yeah. And uh, that was back when uh, when you kind of thought, I kind of you know when you hear Bono singing and it's kind of that scratchy kind of voice. <laughs> Um, and you kind of think you can sing like that and then you realise you kind of fail to appreciate that he's also hitting the notes and that's also <laughs> an important part in, in singing and you know so <laughs> yeah some would say the most important <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but um, yeah so I, I remember like absolutely loving U2 and loving Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff like that but I think that was the first one I bought yeah I yeah. think oh. yeah interesting um so the first concert you went to when and where was it and who was it well the first concert was the, this is me you now my, my first concert was uh i don't know about the other lads but mine was um uh robbie williams in crow park when i was right. like 12 right. pretty rock star i know i know <laughs> um but one of my i think one of my friends like happened to just have the spare ticket and he was like oh do you want to come and man Robbie Williams is so good I know you know it's like it's really? one of those things he does not get enough credit he's so good and like you actually like when you look through all his songs you start realizing oh my god this guy is so good and like I remember I didn't even know who take that were until right. they got back together and then people start comparing them and you're like no Robbie Williams is just he's just so much better I, like no offense to the rest of them, but like take that or good, but mm. oh, it was such a good concert. And like, and um, maybe, maybe it's because it's my first one, but uh, there was this bit where there's like this uh, crane that he's meant to come down on in the middle of a song. Right. And he like runs up. And then, so they're like, they're just playing the music again and again and again, just kind of the back and track, mm. waiting for this to happen. And everyone's kind of looking at each other. And then eventually he just goes, cut, cut, and comes down. He's like, yeah, no, I got up there and uh, the bloke up there just went, I'm, I'm meant to come down on this crane. He just went, it's fucked. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I apologize to everyone. <laughs> and then he said that if we kept our tickets, that the next time he comes to Dublin, to Croke Park, that we all get um, free admission, basically. But I don't think he's come back yet. So um, maybe you won't. <laughs> maybe it's like a legal thing like we were going to put you next year but all those people would get free tickets so no yeah he'll uh he'll make no money whatsoever from it <laughs> yeah but it's pretty, it pretty good though. was that the let me entertain you era or was it his rat pack kind of crooner era oh i think it was in between it was definitely before the the rat pack stuff and after the let me entertain you i can't remember what song he actually had that was really big at the time but it couldn't have been that far after that. Let me entertain you. Oh, it's the one, the one he has of talking about summer dreaming. Um, oh, I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, that one. It's one of them anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was obviously sold out and in Croke Park. Croke Park seems like a perfect place for a for a, a summer gig. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's it's absolutely massive. I I went to um. Me, me and my girlfriend actually went to Taylor Swift 
when she was here. So yeah. I'm a real rock star here, <laughs> but went to Taylor Swift the last time she was here. Um, but that, that was hilarious because I think they were giving out free tickets because it wasn't sold out. Right. You start realizing, yeah, because like all the videos of her walking around are obviously her with the crowd that are right up front, but it doesn't mm. show you the rest of the stadium where like half it's empty. And you're oh, like, man. that must be tough to play <laughs> to, you know? Yeah, that'd be a tough on the ego. Yeah. Like, I mean, us, like, I'm well used to, I, I would tell you that, like, we, we've played to a crowd of no one before. So that, that was, that was pretty cool. And so, like, I'm, I'm absolutely no, no stranger to that. But I'd say the bigger the, the potential that more people could have been in the stadium kind of hurts a bit yeah. more, I'd say. Uh, yeah geez imagine being that big as well and you actually have to give away tickets to get people to go yeah yeah that that happened to jason derulo as well i think that yeah all these names I remember, think yeah. yeah i remember hearing something about that it's yeah, strange yeah. and you you think they're massive and you realize oh like it just if people don't buy your tickets don't buy your tickets and yeah it's that kind of thing yeah we yeah. him we actually got a so this is another kind of funny story. We, again, these are the things that the PR team told me not to not to talk about. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this makes you look so bad. Like, right. um, we did a we did this open mic night when we were in college, and but again, we did it as an electric band, so we're like bringing all our gear, hmm. and but you to book into the open mic night, and it was it was like a kind of battle of the bands thing. Like, I think you won recording time afterwards. All right. And so the organizer was like, oh, there's only five people on. And we're like, we get there and we're like, oh, well, so we just go last because we're the only the only electric one. He's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah just because it's, it's kind of louder. And so great. So we sit there and then it's like people just kept showing up. And I think he must have put 20 people on ahead of us. And like, I don't know, there's only so many singer song like people doing guitar just acoustic guitar you can really listen to it before it all blends into one yeah and like and then what happened was at the end like we go on at the end and we set up they put us on at four in the morning the bar was closed <laughs> the only person in the audience was the guy to be there and he's like looking like can i continue <laughs> you're like yeah yeah continue yeah and you're just like but you've gone there you're like well we're here now we have to play our set but there is no one there just the sound guy and this guy cleaning up <laughs> and I think the guys that won the competition somehow had already won and had left. And we were like, we haven't even played yet. Like, <laughs> and like even buses and stuff, like to get your gear home, we had to like get a taxi or something. Like, oh, it was, it's, it's one of those things, it's like those solidifying moments where you go, yeah, this is what, what rock and roll is all about. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any sympathy for Taylor, you know. <laughs> she had at least 100 people there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh i don't know she i've always said to myself though if she was out in the back garden singing i'd probably like go out to the front garden i i yeah. just <laughs> i can't stand her at all oh really <laughs> yeah there's just something about her i don't know like she has a couple of good songs but mm. i don't know i i always think it's funny though it's like if you've a few it is a few like obviously music subjective and all that but mm if you have a song that's really well promoted on the radio, you know, you'll find yourself, if it comes on in a club, you'll be dancing and singing along. And mm. it doesn't really matter, like if that song was that good originally, the first time you heard it, it's played so much, you love it. Yeah. But like, say Taylor Swift, like 
I like so many of her songs. Like she's right up my street now. Again, <laughs> these are things that I probably shouldn't be saying. So it's rock and roll and all that. I love Kesha as well, which is bad. <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, no, I get, I get what you mean. There's kind of, sometimes people aren't just drawn to the music. Sometimes it's like the whole artist and the image, which is all part yeah. of it as well. Like one thing I always found was, um, you know, that band, the 1975, mm. like, when they came out with chocolate at the start, like first of all, loved the song, but I just thought they were so cool. And I realized like they could bring out any track and I would instantly be like, that's class. Hmm. And like part of that is because I like that band so much. And yeah. it's the same with like Taylor Swift, you probably get like part of it is is that if you kind of don't like her as much or that kind of image, or not dislike her, but not like her. Yeah then it becomes a kind of thing where you're almost more likely to not like the songs. I always yeah. think if Food Fighters sung the same songs, would you like them? I, I don't know. <laughs> That's a I very good point, actually. Yeah. It's like uh, you're looking for reasons to dislike music when you dislike yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like someone's doing it on purpose. You just, you kind of naturally have a bias kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. No, makes perfect sense. I've never thought of it like that. All right, yeah. I'll uh, I'll have to wait for the Food Fighters to do a cover album <laughs> of hers. Do you remember um, when uh, the guys, the Saw Doctors, did a cover of the Sugar Babes? No, actually. Uh, how I feel about you now? No. <laughs> I, I went to um. Actually, this is another gig I ended up going to. This wasn't. This was random. My uh, was on holidays with my parents. And we were going up to some island off Donegal and mm. we're going through this town called Dunglow. And they had just blocked off the entire main street. They just parked a truck sideways on it and opened the side and got the saw doctors to play a live gig. And like, I just remember thinking, oh, this is so cool. But they played, it was the same time they played the Sugar Babes. Sugar Babes had just released a single, How I Feel About You Now. Mm. And they just decided let's cover that one <laughs> just like <laughs> of all the ones to cover you're like that's the one yeah <laughs> yeah it's fairly random <laughs> yeah yeah did they at least do a good version nah no no they did that was pretty good yeah yeah it's very irish as well though they just park a truck there open it up and the saw doctors <laughs> yeah. are there yeah <laughs> Traffic was backed up for ages. Like, I mean, oh. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so the last concert you've been to, then the last concert, uh, I was thinking, I don't know, I was gonna say Ziggit, but that's now we went to that. I've been to one since, and um, that was the one we went to as like a full band. But the last concert, the last kind of concert on its own that we went to actually was in Perth, went to U2 at the Optus Stadium, right. um, which is like their kind of version of Croke Park. But okay. um, and Noel Gallagher played at the start as well. And it's oh. it's gas because, you know, the way, again, it's one of those things where, you know, when you're in secondary school, people kind of think, you know, U2 is kind of a bit lame. Like, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not rap or anything. Yeah. And it's so funny how you watch all these people around you that you thought didn't like weren't that into them be like oh yeah i know i have tickets oh yeah and you're like <laughs> you're looking around every irish person you knew was going to you too and then yeah noel gallagher at the start was gas because he's with his band the high flying birds and you know like i'm, I'm not really like they're like 
you know, like there's some some good songs, but no, nothing that I'm like amazed by. And maybe that's just because they're not as promoted or whatever. But um, they always play the old Oasis songs, and he's gas because uh, he gets up on stage and the first like half hour of his set, he's playing all these like new songs like from the High Flying Birds, and then he stops after, and you know we we've never heard any of them, and he goes. That first half hour is for me. <laughs> then this next half hour is for you. And he just blares it like Wonderwall. And you're like, this is exactly what we're here for. You know, <laughs> like, no offense, no, but you know exactly what we're here for. You know yeah. how to sell this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and Bono did that as well. He was like, because it was the, it was the, I think it was the Rattle and Hum tour. All right. And it's the, the album from uh, where they have, where the streets have no name. Mm. And, the big part of that and like i think there's three or four really big songs in that that when i say big ones that everyone knows mm. and then there's kind of like seven other songs on it that you know you wouldn't have heard of before one or two pretty kind of experimental songs that right. you know i wouldn't be too into and but they went they played like the whole album from start to finish in the middle but he did announce it's like you know this is going to be the album you know like <laughs> And then they started and ended with like bangers from the other albums they have as well. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Though. Yeah. I have to ask because uh, for some strange reason, Bono seems to be a running team on my podcast, especially when it's American guests. They always ask me what Irish people think of you two and Bono. They expect right. them to be like gods over here. Yeah, you know, yeah. Personally, I wouldn't be that into you two. Years ago, I yeah. I probably have one or two of their CDs. There's a couple of songs I like, but I can't stand Bono. <laughs> you know, so I have yeah, to yeah. ask. So since you're obviously a fan, you've been to a concert. What's your yeah. opinion on Bono? Yeah, no, no, you're you're right. There's there are things like that. I suppose, like I I'd always be big into like like I was saying that thing like separating the music from the person themselves so yeah obviously that you can't always do that really but music wise I think like there's a few absolute bangers where you're like that sounds so cool that hits his voice so well Hmm. and then there's the odd song that you hear that you're like oh musically I'm not that into that and you know you're kind of like oh like I can't really think of an example because I've probably forgotten the names of all those. But then he has a few songs like, have you ever heard that song Wild Honey? No, like, actually. Or In a Little While. They're mm. all these kind of B-sides that like you hear and you go, oh, that is really good. And like the more you delve in, you're like, oh, these guys have a few more than just the, you know, the main singles. Yeah. Then him is him as a person. No, I like I think he seems grand. <laughs> but um <laughs> I think people will always have it's hard because I suppose it's like that whole live aid stuff and everything. If, and you know, like save the world kind of thing that any band that has that level of fame, they probably end up having this feeling that we should really do something instead of just kind of, I suppose on one hand, your job is to go around play music. And Mm. at the end of the day, like it's a business. So you're running a business. There's a product that you're giving people that they want and you're making money and fair play to whoever's successful in that. But Hmm. I think they all probably get to a point where they're like, Oh, we should really like give back and we should use our platform for the greater good. 
And on one hand, that is like really well intentioned. Yeah. And then at the other hand, it's like, oh, I don't, don't really want to hear that when I'm at a concert. You know, <laughs> like, you know, I'm here to just forget about everything. I don't want to feel guilty. Do you ever, yeah. Is that the one where it's like, uh, he's in Scotland and he's like, every time I click my fingers, a child in Africa dies. And then some guy in the audience is like, stop clicking your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I've, I've never met him personally, but yeah, it's always, it's always hard to kind of, I suppose, hear that stuff when you're like, I'm just here for the music, you know? Yeah. You're like, Jesus, Bono, will you shut up and sing a song? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then like you could meet him and he could be, that could be just the image he puts out and he could be a totally down to earth grand yeah. fella, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, he could be being told to do it as well. That The hard thing mm-hmm. as well is like, I have a load of um, like nonsense opinions that no one should be listening to <laughs> and no one does because like I'm not famous and, like, <laughs> you know no one really cares you know but I think it's hard if you're it's weird it's like saying like doing interviews and stuff how you know we're doing an interview now about mm. you know the the songs that we're bringing out and stuff and then the higher up you go like if this was on if this is the late late show you know everyone would be tuning in and they'd all be listening to what I had to say and like mm. taken on board. And you're like, the opinions never change. They just, it's just that guy's famous now. And he has a platform. Yeah. And you're, it's probably the same thing with, with Bono where like, oh, he's just given his opinion. Like, oh, we should do this, this and this. And cause he's famous, everyone hears it and everyone takes it on board and remembers it. Mm. So like, if you do anything people don't like, you're going to get way more stick. So I kind of yeah. feel for him as well. It's like, <laughs> I can say whatever I want. And like, you know, no one's ever really going to know. Like, you know, like they're all probably going to forget about it. Mm. And that, oh, geez, if we get crazy famous now, I'm going to regret saying that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what song would stick in your memory from, from that gig? The U2 one. Oh, the one... Where the Streets Have No Name was the biggest one because that's the one that everyone, first of all, everyone kind of knows it anyway, but it's the one that like that album is based around. Mm. Like that's, that's the main single. And then uh, as well, like anyone, like I'll, I'll go to any concert really, like if it's on. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, but they, the, uh, but you know the way there's always, oh, what song? should you know for this concert like which mm. which one are like people who aren't that into you two going to know the most and that's that's going to be the one so when that came on like the place is absolutely hopping Wonderwall was pretty good as well <laughs> but obviously you're not allowed they were the opening act I'm not allowed to say that <laughs> yeah and then it's always cool when you hear some song that's like you know uh, it's kind of not as well known that you're like, oh, I kind of, like, I really like that one and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, another good one was they played Pride as well. Oh. Um, that's Savage as well, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think of the publicity stunt they'd done a couple of years ago with Apple? Oh, I was, when you, it's funny because I don't really watch the news that much. So as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, this is going to be something that I have no idea about. And I'm going to look really <laughs> stupid. But I do know about that one. Um, yeah, yeah, that was gas. That's like, because is it even illegal? Like effectively they're, they're sending out, like everyone's just automatically has their new album on their iPod. But mm. I love it the way, what's also funny about that is that shows 
people's view towards like celebrities and stuff as well is that people are like upset about it like <laughs> like if it came with like could you imagine if you got an ipod and it had music on it already that but you did had never heard of it mm. you wouldn't say anything you'd just be like oh well, that's great and if you liked one of the songs all the better and if you didn't well i haven't lost it and i didn't have to pay for it it wasn't even incorporated into the cost of the ipod <laughs> and it's like you too do it so which album was it was it? Oh, it was around 2014-15, was it? I can't remember the name of the, the album now, but... Yeah, it could have been like U218. It could have been the one with um, Window in the Skies on it. But uh, I think it might have been, actually, yeah. yeah. But, like, you know the way, like, you might even like a song on it, but the way it's like, these are already famous, they're trying to pull <laughs> something on me. Oh, they're not going to yeah. take away my rights, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> they're sneaky. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if uh, that had been 20 years ago, what the reaction would have been, though. Oh, yeah. Would everyone have been over the moon? Mm. Oh, see, see, it's, it's it's like literally a different time. Like, how could you even do that? Yeah. Like, as in, that's a free, the only way it's like a free record to yeah. everyone with, <laughs> with everyone that buys like a radio or something like that. Or Yeah, true. Buys a home phone. Yeah, they always they always say that the the difference now in how you promote music and stuff. How you know the way you hear people talking about, oh, back in the day you mm. just had to play, and then a record company if they liked you saw you, and they did everything else from there. Yeah, and it's like although, and then now it's all different. But you realize like all oh, the reason that happened was the only way you could get music was like by producing a record or buying records, which are expensive to make. So only like once you had a record made, it was in a shop, you were already like so far ahead of the game. Like you were already, you could easily be in the top 10 because how many, how many records would come out like a week, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, um, do you think it's obviously better nowadays than the way it's so accessible for people to record mm-hmm. and release music themselves? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, I always think it's different because on one hand, like you said, from on one point, it means it's so easy, so accessible to record your music and put it out to the whole world. Everyone has access to it. But then at the same time, it's really easy for anyone to record and release music and put it out to the whole world <laughs> and everyone has access to it. So mm. you realize like, it's great because if you have a song, you can put it out so that it's not like, you know, you lose that much or you waste too much time or you have to invest too much money to put a song out and then you'll always wonder why or if like it may have been famous or people would have liked it. Yeah. And you'll always regret that. So, so it's good from that point of view. But in terms of actually promoting yourself and getting a huge following or anything, like it's just increase. It's like change the competition, but it's still the same competition. It just means, because I, I reckon anyone like you said, anyone down with the guitar for long enough, I think everyone probably has at least one good song in them. Mm. Like one that we'd all go, yeah, that's good. You yeah. Know? And the only difference between that and what's on the radio is the one on the radio is promoted, recorded really well, and it's just jammed down your throat again and again and again. And mm. um, bar a few really, like there are obviously really good songs as well, but you start realizing, oh, like, it's not like you're just going to put up a song that's going to get really famous. It's like everyone 
probably can write a decent enough song and that yeah. the whole promotion side of it, although you can do it all off your phone, so it's a bit easier because everyone can do that. I don't know if the competition's really changed that much. Yeah, it's just shifted focus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're all supposed to be uh, marketing geniuses these days. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing we found hard was this is the first year ever. So I was saying we're, we're bound for 10 years. This is the first time we properly recorded songs and actually put them out and actually told people we were putting them out. Like we used to have any, like we didn't have an Instagram page or anything. I remember our first song called Liam, we put out around this time last year. Hmm. And like, I just worked out how to upload stuff to Spotify and yeah. just put it up. And then it got like a hundred streams for like months and that was it. And you're like, oh, <laughs> and then I like, remember talking to a few people and getting some advice and they're like oh no you have to like tell people that your music's coming out and i was like what yeah. <laughs> and, yeah so i see it's all learning experience like but yeah yeah it's all learning curve but that's part of the fun of it as well you know oh yeah absolutely and i've, I've a little um i've a little folder on my phone i i call it hate mail it's not really hate mail <laughs> right. but it's anyone that kind of because when you reach out or kind of are messaging people on social media every now and then you, you get the wrong person who's just like, get off my page, never talk to me again. Really? We, yeah, we had, um, I think we got played on a radio station called Babylon Radio. Hmm. And they have a few thousand followers on Facebook, I think. And so we just put up a post saying, oh, hey, you know, like it's kind of a reciprocal thing that if someone, if someone kind of promotes your stuff and like, are decent enough to have you on there like this, like on a podcast or whatever. Yeah. I kind of like, you know, I want anyone that follows us to know about it and to, you know, kind of see their page as well. So kind of everyone kind of wins from it. But I remember we put it up and we're like, oh, thanks so much to Babylon Radio. And I obviously tagged the wrong Babylon Radio. Oh. And we just get this message being like, we never played your song. Okay. <laughs> 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 untag us immediately and you're like oh sorry untag us immediately and you're like okay and then like i look at the page and like these are some big multi multinational company and there's going to be legal repercussions <laughs> for using their name and it's just gas because you're going through it and they're and like you look at their page and i think they had like 50 followers or something and you're like Oh, this isn't that big. It's like you should be delighted for the bit, this bit of promotion <laughs> like come on <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> It is interesting. You get, you do, you're in this whole world that I'd never been in before, mm. um, you know, of independent artists and independent promoters and all these things that, you know, you realize how much, how much work goes into it and how many different and how kind of helpful everyone is and how much time and effort people put into you. Yeah. You know, it's not all just you'd be played on, uh, you know, today FM immediately. Like there's a lot of kind of steps to go through and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine. So it's, uh, it's the work that goes into it. You know, yeah. it'll pay off one day when you are played on Today FM or RTE. Yeah, or, yeah. What's it called? 2FM. 2FM. You know, FM. You know all you the know work. you've made it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. At least yeah. in Ireland anyway. Mm, yeah. So um, the worst concert you've ever been to? Oh, the worst. This wasn't so much because of the music. When we were, so uh, we actually ended up because we were like friends, we ended up going to, uh, with a few of our other friends, we went to this uh, festival called Ziggit. Have you ever right. heard of it? No. So, you know Budapest in Hungary? Hmm. 
there's a river that goes through the middle and there's an island in the river and you go across on the bridge, right? And it's, mm. I think, seven day, seven nights, eight day festival. And so you fly in, you go across the bridge, you set up your tent and then you just like stay on that island for seven days. And it's not like a big like trance festival or anything like, like it's pretty, you've like mainstream acts as well. So I remember that year and it was really cheap. I think it was like 200 euro for the seven day camping ticket. Oh man. Just thinking now it's gone up since I think, I think that one we went to was like just the right, like it was, it's very cheap and had this amazing lineup. Um, but I remember it was Rihanna was like the headliner oh. and there was something about it. There was just like, I think the crowd was like really packed. It was just this, this really bad buzz. And I remember this kind of, this girl came up and just like grabbed my arm and just took a bite. It's <laughs> just like, would right. not let go. And it's weird because you kind of like, what, what are they doing? And you don't want to overreact or anything. And obviously like, you don't want to hit someone either. So like, yeah. especially if it's a, a woman as well, because that's like, and you're also like, maybe they're not biting me that hard. Am I just overreacting? And then you're like, <laughs> oh no, that's really hard. Like that's going to remove flesh soon. Um, and I remember I had to like twist her nose just enough to like get her to release her jaw. And then I was like, oh, thank God. And then it was weird. At the same concert, there was this really small English girl. Mm. I think she got separated from her friends. And it's this horrible thing in concerts where I think people get a bit, you know, a bit grumpy, you know, if someone knocks off them or not. I like, we're all, we're all like, we all do it. We all get a bit grumpy from it instead of kind of embracing the chaos. Like, you know, if you've, if, if you haven't slept in six days, <laughs> it's, it's going to get to you. Yeah. And I remember this girl, uh, just suddenly like, she's like, she gets kind of pushed from behind and ends up pushing into kind of a bigger girl, like, in front of her mm. who just like lays this massive elbow into her ribs drops oh, her straight away she hits the deck and i just remember thinking like and she's like bawling crying it's so like it's really sad as well because she's probably like you know late teens early 20s and you've kind of like there is kind of like, like you've just kind of assaulted someone mm. and it was the funniest thing though was the girl that did it like just kind of, I was like, "What? What are you doing?" And she just like <laughs> looks around, like, "Oh, I didn't do anything." And it's like we all saw you just like KO this person. <laughs> but um, we had to like bring her to the medical tent and stuff, and kind of missed Jesus. half the concert. Oh yeah, but she was bored. Like, right, so she like <laughs> she really ended you, man. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that was kind of, I don't know, just kind of those kind of sad things you see where that's not really so much. The, like that's definitely not Rihanna's fault. Like she didn't send that girl out to, to take that one out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I just remember thinking, and it was weird, every other concert um, every other part of that festival was so good. Like your bands, some 41 were at it. Deanford, you know, that South African band were there. And yeah. um, tiny Temple was there. Like all these, like, like just so many acts that were just amazing. But uh, yeah, that, that would have been the worst one. Just that, that part. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the girl that took a chunk out of your arm then, was there any other interaction after you uh, twist her nose? Did she say anything? Did you ask her, like, what the fuck are you doing? No, I think I think you won uh, laying that elbow pretty quick after. And I kind of, yeah, I never saw that girl again. <laughs> that kind of gave her the perfect out to, to get away. Yeah. Yeah. That, I suppose in a way that was good because she was behind me. And I would have been watching my back the whole concert. You know, you would have been a little mm. bit scared. So 
yeah, every cloud, I suppose. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I didn't get elbow in the ribs. So. Yeah. My arm's fine now, though, so it's okay. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, that's, uh, yeah. that's definitely the the weirdest experience <laughs> I've heard at a concert anyway. <laughs> Yeah, she uh, should have just oh, told her to go find the food court. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I was probably meant to say something real rock star, like, oh, I had a bad trip on a load of drugs or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> we were saying, like, we're called the, the wild Tibetan monks, but we're, we're really quite tame. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. uh, like, we, we don't have anything. Again, we're not anti drug or anything, but like, none of us like take any drugs or like, don't drink to excess and like we're very kind of like we wouldn't be the band to do to follow with the camera like you know nothing, yeah. nothing exciting had happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um how did you get the name actually or come up with the name oh yeah no that was just me that was just um yeah it, like it doesn't have anything to do with tibetan monks in any way it just uh i don't know just kind of as i was it was in kind of 2011 it just kind of came to me one day and it's more, it doesn't have the same amount of syllables, but it has the same kind of ring to it as red hot chili peppers. Like it's kind of a long name and I just kind of like the ring to it. The really weird thing though was, um, uh, we were talking about this before was like, so I come up with the name, the band are like, Oh, it's kind of cool. I remember there's been lots of times where people have been like, should we change the name? That's a bit weird. And, uh, then Ringo, one day, like this, like a year after we've been a band, it's like, oh, there's this other band called Hardcore Priests of Yemen. Did you copy them? And I'm like, no, I, I didn't copy. I've never heard them in my life. And they were kind of like, so they obviously copied us. And they're like, so we're we're based in Dublin. And they're in Galway. And we're like, yeah. oh, these bastards, they're after just copying our name. And then we like, and I'd kind of believed that. And then I did like an interview with um, uh, Damaris Entertainment mm. uh, on YouTube. And it was funny because in it, I was like, but, you know, and he was like, well, when did they start? And I was like, oh, I don't know, but it must have been after us, obviously. And he's like, no, I can check it now. It's like during the interview, he like gets on Facebook, goes through and he's like, they started in 2010. And we're like, when, when did you start? 2011. And, oh, and so, so they, sorry, but so they obviously had uh, that name before us and just randomly like came up at the same time. I was saying um, it'd be cool I thought that lockdown would be over by now, so that's mm. but we thought if we could do a joint gig, just promotion wise, like that would get everyone's attention, you know, Wild Tibetan Monks and Hardcore Priest of Yemen. But um, like, we, like I've tried to contact them a bunch of times and just can't, like there's never any response because they have a Facebook page and the songs on Spotify, but you got to remember this band, like, I don't know if they're still going, like this was like 10 years ago. So mm they could easily be like, I've stopped. It's like, yeah. That'd be so funny if it was like, that's like a movie. All these guys <laughs> that really loved rocking hard. And then they like all had to trade it in. They have a wife and kids. They all have office jobs. And then I like track them down and get them for one last big gig with the wild yeah, Tibetan monks. Yeah. <laughs> and then it all hit, kickstarts from there and they're on the Late Late Show and the radio and everything. <laughs> yeah. So if they're out there and they're listening to this, um, you know, I don't know, in their law firm, they could, you know, give us a bell. You know? Yeah, get in touch with the yeah. <laughs> well, Tibetan monks. Oh man, I'm just thinking about that film. 
That'd definitely be like a box office number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just when, based on the name. Yeah. <laughs> when was the last yeah. time they put out music? I think it could have been like 2011. Right. It could have been, yeah. Like, I think they there's kind of a, an EP on Spotify, Hardcore for ECM. I probably do, uh, I'm, I'm probably their main promoter right now, really. Like, <laughs> I don't think anyone, <laughs> no one talks about Hardcore for ECM and like me. Um, yeah, and I, I think, I think it was, I think it is like 10 years ago. So, you know, they could easily have stopped, but um, yeah. yeah. There's a good They're chance interested. like nobody has looked at that Facebook page or anything yeah, in yeah. a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. If they're listening, get in touch. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Never know. Stranger things have happened. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, your worst gig then, what song would stick out in your mind for that? Oh, I think it was, I think at the time I was getting bitten, she was playing that song S&M. But <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's kind of ironic now, yeah. Um, yeah, it certainly wasn't that. Um, but yeah, that was the other thing. Actually now being critical of Rihanna. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what I mean, you know, when you're talking about like your opinion and how, you know, it, it shouldn't really be weighted highly. <laughs> like, Rihanna, if you're listening, here's some tips. <laughs> but she, uh, but one thing for that concert that the guys who actually stayed for the whole thing, because um, we were bringing everyone to the medical tent, was saying it was really annoying was she was doing, she seemed to do each song only for a minute and then switch straight into another song. Right. Which it's weird that a concert can sometimes be like a cool idea, like a medley kind of thing. Mm. But I think it kind of didn't really run as well. But mm. what's kind of funny is there's a tent right across from the main stage, just this kind of small DJ tent called Asus. Yeah. And this is just like, you'd go after all the concerts are finished. Like you'd be there like till 6am just, kind of drinking and dancing mm. and it was really funny that whatever dj was there he only ever played the first like 30 seconds of a song like you know that song by blur song two yeah yeah where like it starts off you're like this is class and like but he only played the like really good bit and they go to the next song and i'm like oh, man, man. This, this is exactly what i want though <laughs> he just played the right amount it's like he got it right and rihanna just didn't he should be giving her tips but yeah <laughs> but yeah that was the one <laughs> It's a weird concept, though, for a live performance, you know, especially with every song, like three or four songs as a medley, it'd work, but mm. it would get irritating after a while. Yeah, it's kind of, I suppose it's hard as well, because there's certain, you know, we're talking about like bands that you like and like, I suppose some 41, you're like, there's a few bangers there that I know I'm going to really enjoy. Mm. And then it's weird, like Rihanna, I think kind of Rihanna is a perfect example of someone that it, even if she brought out a song that's like is just average it's still going to be on the radio it's still going to be really big and you realize how that kind of hype train and how promotion so important how you know really like she's the headline of that that concert but I would say like almost all the other acts I saw were better like well not better but I enjoyed more and it is funny you kind of realize oh the reason that like the big draw of the concert was Rihanna's there. But then you're like, oh, I don't think it's actually going to be, that's not going to translate to her being as good or you yeah. enjoying her as much as the others. Hmm. It's funny like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of, 
Kind of a weird one, all right. Mm. You'd imagine she'd be uh, putting on an amazing show and just mm. like top-notch performer. Yeah. But I suppose she can't as well because she's restricted to like an hour and a half on the main stage. Mm. You know, it's not like, again, Taylor Swift at Crow Park. Um, <laughs> like Taylor gets to bring her own stage. You know, all these big snakes come up. Yeah, uh, These balloon snakes, they were massive. I don't know if they like represent John Mayer or something, but um, but she like gets to go round and like, you know, you, you can't really do that at a festival because it's like the festival say here's the stage you've got to play on this yeah. and you get to your effects like you know yeah so it's, I, I understand it's not all about so. you yeah you know, like yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. so um the best concert experience you've had well that would have been the same. Same festival, Ziggit, which I'm still dying to go back to. We were going to go back to it just before we left for Australia and then it didn't happen. Mm. And now we've come back and everything's locked down. And I want to go while I'm still young enough and able to recover. Um, but there's this really cool bit. Uh, Tiny Tempa is, so like, I don't know if you've the same view of Tiny Tempa as I had, but it's like, oh, you know, he's some rapper. He has one or two good songs. No, he has so many songs that you actually already know and like. And you just right. didn't know it was him. So I remember he uh, he gets on stage and he plays uh, that song Written in the Stars. I think that was him. And he starts with that. And we're like, oh, what an idiot. Like, that's his main one. He should have held that out. <laughs> you know, well, what's he doing? And we're almost mm. like, oh, we show what we had, you know. Mm. That's kind of sad. I'm in a band and I'm like that hypocritical. <laughs> uh, we go and as we're walking, he just plays this other banger. I'm like, is this a cover? I'm like, no, that's him. And he's going again and again and again. And then he plays this song called Earthquake where it goes da 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 and for each of those bits he choreographs it. So he's like Okay, I want everyone to like put their hands up and bounce four steps to the left and then four steps right. So you go da 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 and uh, the whole crowd are like synchronizing, like, oh my god. It's like again, it's this idea. I know I've said this phrase a lot, embracing the chaos, where you're like, this is definitely so dangerous. And if anyone falls, like they they're not getting up, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's game <laughs> over. Like, um, but it was it was savage. And I just remember, like, I think that was the the main that was a big point that I thought was like the best part of the whole the whole festival yeah yeah, yeah. well it certainly beats uh, getting bit in the arm and seeing some yeah. young <laughs> one getting floored <laughs> she hit the ground so hard <laughs> she was okay in the end sorry just so anyone knows <laughs> good good <laughs> so uh, we'll uh, we'll get slightly more personal now that the concerts oh, yeah. are out, out of the way. Yeah. If you could, I probably know the answer to this. If you could quarantine with any performer, living or dead, for 24 yeah. hours, just you and them in a room, who would it be? Oh. Hmm. I think, uh, I think if it was from a musical point of view, I think, uh, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, lead guitar not the one Josh Klinghoffer now no offence to Josh but him uh, you know John Frusciante mm, yeah I think from a musical point of view because I know a lot of people say you know he just like he learned all the Jimi Hendrix the solos and sort of had a similar style mm. but I think he is so good and it's, it's that thing that 
I was talking about it's like it's like remember we were talking about um the like why do you like a song do you like it because of the lyrics kind of like you know like killing in the name of mm. where it's like even if you're not that into that song musically it's like the whole kind of feeling behind it um and then there's songs that like you're really into and it's all about how it sounds and that's a big thing he was always seemed to be able to do was in his backing vocals and in his like his solos and his like riffs he always managed to i know this sounds really simple but he always managed to make something that sounded good and right. again easier said than done but what i mean by that is like it was always very melodic and it was something that always appealed a lot to me because hmm. i find when you're writing a song it's very easy to to kind of write stuff that's almost like filler that you're like oh we should put something in here yeah and we're all we're all guilty of it and especially like if you if you're trying to make your whole living out of this and you had to produce an album every two years i could easily see myself just kind of writing stuff that you know doesn't sound bad but you know wholeheartedly i wouldn't be like this isn't my best you know yeah yeah whereas he seemed to write so much so many really nice kind of fills mm. throughout all these different songs that you're like each one of those took so much work to put in you know it's not like it's not like just the same thing over and over again yeah um, and then like i remember seeing this interview with him where he was talking about uh you know that song snow where at the end he's doing these backing vocals and people are like are having all this kind of fan theory of well what do they mean and he it sounds like he's saying das vidana which i think is like goodbye in russian or something like that about in some interview and he's saying oh no, I was actually just saying dum de dum dum like just kind of <laughs> like making noise. Yeah. And he was like, but but at the end of the day, like if you took that from that, that it's goodbye, you know, that's your experience of the music. That's really, like, that's great. Mm. Um, but he was saying, you know, for him, it's not so much about lyrics, it's about feeling that mm. if you can play a song, like I, I would like to think again, this, this could be totally wrong, but <laughs> that say any of our songs that, you know, obviously if you listen to the lyrics and study them, you'll find different meanings. But mm. I always think that if you were at the far side of the world, had never heard English before, you should still be able to kind of get the feeling from it and you should still sort of enjoy it and get your own experience from it. And mm. um, that's one of the things that I always kind of liked about him. Um, and as well, I think he was a bit mad in his youth as well, like <laughs> did a lot of drugs and <laughs> yeah. did a lot of... Um, I think uh, a lot of interesting things. So like it'd probably be interesting to hang out with as well. Yeah, or it could be really boring. Maybe yeah. he's just really good at music and you're like, oh, we have not, not boring. Sorry, there's nothing in common. You know, you're like, oh. Yeah, he could be yeah. after getting really mellow in his old age. Yeah, yeah. Whoever like goes to bed at 9 p.m. And... <laughs> I fucking love going to bed at 9. <laughs> I'm showing my age now. Like the <laughs> never, uh, yeah, you never thought it's like, we're going to talk about concerts and the importance of a good night's sleep. <laughs> You're a new man. That shouldn't go together. But <laughs> that was that thing about going to Ziggurat. We were saying that you don't realize how important sleep is until you're in a tent where you can never really stretch out fully mm. and there's just music going at all hours. I, highly, I still highly recommend going to Ziggurat, but I recommend <laughs> getting like a cabin or something or like even staying in an apartment and just going in every day because like, when you're there, like even I think there's like between six a.m. and eight a.m. That's when I think things stop. But and like so, there's no sound. Yeah. But 
don't you worry there'll always be some lad in the tent beside you he'll get the speaker right? don't don't you worry there's a bit of silence there he's just gonna fill that don't you worry yeah. oh, you thought Jesus. you were gonna like listen to your you might hear your thoughts and your existential <laughs> angst don't worry he's got you covered get another beer into you let's oh. just forget about it <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know if i'll put this uh this festival on my list of one to go to or not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if i had heard about it like 10 years ago maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um if you could see any performer living or dead in concert who would it be I think I'd go for it. It'd be the same. I think Red Hot Chili Peppers, but with John Frusciante in it. That's that's that killer that I remember as it when I was younger, because they were like my big, big influence. Mm. Like the way they had three instruments really and vocals, and they could make so much sound. And I remember being like just like in love with them, like watching almost every interview I could find on YouTube. You know, you just get obsessed yeah. with someone you're a teenager. And uh I remember and then when they changed guitarist, and I remember like ah, oh, even though they're all still alive, like I can't ever see them. Like, it's like, it's not going to be the same. And it's one of those things as well. They, I think they show a really good example of, obviously they, they definitely have songs that I probably don't like as well. But mm. I think they're a really good example of like how much work you can put into writing a song and how, like every, if you listen to any of their songs, like the majority of their songs, you know the way you could easily write a song and you could easily just strum four chords through the whole thing. And say you want to write bass, you could just write, just strumming notes the whole time. And there's nothing wrong with that. That suits certain music. Mm. But sometimes you always wonder, like, is that because you thought that sounded best or was it just because you thought, oh, we better throw bass under this, like throw that in. And like, there's parts of our songs that probably people could argue are like that. But then you listen to them and you hear even like Flea on the bass where you're like, there's so much more that you can do with that instrument and how much noise you can make between just three instruments. And yeah. that's why like when we were a three instrument, we were a three piece band for a long time. Like that was really important. And you'll hear it in lying next to you. It's that idea of trying to make as much sound with one instrument. Uh, we've kind of changed different things, but in the kind of chorus on lying next to you, the way I used to play it on bass, is it's like you're play, holding the bass note and you're playing the kind of riff as well as you go just to make it as full as possible. So yeah. it's almost like kind of two instruments is the idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely Red Hot Chili Peppers would be the, the main one I'd want to see. Oh, they were actually my very first concert with... Oh, really? Slaying? Yeah. No, uh, Punch Us Down back in oh. 2003, 2004. It was, uh, oh. They were touring the By The Way album. Oh, so good. Yeah, it was unreal. And uh, the Pixies were supporting. Oh, yeah, they're class as well. Mm. No, it was an excellent, excellent uh, concert. Yeah. I haven't seen them since, though, unfortunately. Yeah. That uh, that video of Other Side uh, from Slane Castle on YouTube, I've been watching that so much. And the way even, like, that's a perfect example where John Frusciante is like, changing up the backing vocals like the way he ends that you know he hits like a totally different note mm. and you're like oh my god and the way you can like play and sing that well all at the same time like so talented like we don't have that <laughs> he's so <laughs> so good like um 
but yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I thought when we were in Australia, uh, we had one of our mates uh, was just there for a while, for a few months, mm. or like for up to, I think up to a year. And she just kind of mentioned, you know, she sung a little bit. And so we were like, oh, John, like be in the band for a bit. So basically female vocalist as well. And it was mm. gas because every now and then, because I write the songs, you know, you tell you sing it and she'd know how to, she'd like learn the songs, you know, and everything. And then like anytime there'd be a gig, I'd always like change the melody. <laughs> she'd be like, you just get this look of like, what the fuck are you doing? What the? And she's like, because I'm playing guitar as well. So she's like, this is my one thing. It's my one thing. And you're ruining it. <laughs> Like we, you can sing it that way, but just let me know. I'm like, nah, nah, nah it's just gonna, <laughs> if it's gonna happen, I don't even know I'm gonna do it. Like, it just, it just comes out. <laughs> oh man, I'm surprised she didn't kill you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. She was funny because our our keyboardist over there used to always just pretend to sing because he'd be kind of right. he's, he's a bit shy and like it was gas because she'd have to keep me in line to not over sing she have to keep him in line to sing like she'd give this look like i know you're not singing okay now, <laughs> now there's a mic there it's paid for it. now start singing Discuss. <laughs> see these are the things people don't know go on in bands <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh. you know that rock and roll lifestyle yeah, yeah. that's the one yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh you get to go to this this gig What's the one song you want to hear? Oh, oh, that changes a lot because <laughs> Can't Stop is really good, but then I think Other Side's really good as well. But then I think the one that would be really cool is the one live. Is have you ever heard that song Don't Forget Me? I probably like, have, but can't recall it now. And it's like, but it's just this was again, it's really cool. So, like, Flea is like playing chords on bass so just those bottom two strings mm. he's just playing like the first and the fifth i think and he's just going yes yes and you're just like you know and you're like oh i've never seen anyone else do that mm. and i don't know how well that records either and um, but it sounds so good and then it's like real kind of just that and like real kind of slow drums and it's like real emotional and stuff and then the guitar comes in and he just absolutely lights it up. Like, mm. and I remember just thinking like, that would be so cool to see live. And that's one of those songs that like, apart from the guitar bit, it's probably not that hard to play live. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, you're always <laughs> like, who's getting shafted with the guitar solo for this one? Like, okay. Ringo, you learn that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Grand. We'll, we'll just strum these chords and sing those vocals. Grand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Right, right. Final question of the interview. So a song that would appear on the soundtrack to your life. Oh, I think, I think that changes every day. Yeah. Um, I think I was thinking of a different one originally, but have you ever, again, <laughs> rock and roll, baby, have you ever heard that song, uh, Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield? <laughs> Unwritten that, by <laughs> Natasha Bedingfield. Yeah, that has been going through. Oh, you'd know it if you heard it. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that has been this week's song. I don't know why that, like, that's just been in my head. But, like, last month, I think it was, you know, The Darkness, uh, I believe in a thing called Love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a few like that. And then the month before was, uh, you ever watched that movie Cars? 
Mm. Yeah, you know the, the sound from that by Rascals. That's life is a highway. Yeah. Oh my god, that gets the the word turnt is an understatement like that. That just oh my god, such a good song. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's weird. It's like that is the soundtrack to my life because you know the way like you're walking around, and you're going to work, like you play it. So you're like, that is what's like playing in the background. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So uh, what's next on the cards for the band? I know it's kind of impossible yeah. to say at this stage with the yeah, pandemic, yeah. but after the pandemic in a perfect world if it was to end fairly soon yeah so so we brought out a line next to you there about a week or two ago so that's still out and um, we're actually at this point in time are we're bringing out a lyric video for it mm-hmm. on youtube and um, and hopefully that'll get a few plays as well and um, we've one other track called navy that's recorded and mastered at the moment and we'll release that in the next few months um but the big thing that we're going to have to start doing when restrictions ease up is record the rest of our songs so we have about maybe 15 songs we want to record in total and mm. it's just gradually getting that down again and again um and see once they're recorded like everything else can be done online like everything else like promoting it is, is a bit easier nowadays but um the big thing we want to get back to is doing live gigs yeah and again in my head i you know i had envisioned us um and the hardcore priest cm and, and maybe like one or two other bands you know doing some some live gig at a i don't know i kind of thought galway or somewhere i've never played there before but somewhere like that um and just everyone like it being the first day everyone's allowed back to the pubs and everything and everyone's going mental and getting far too drunk yeah um, yeah that, i think that's that would be really cool but i don't know maybe like there'll probably be some socially distanced version or something like you know it won't be mm. it, it probably won't be exactly that but um yeah we definitely definitely want to gig again that would be like the perfect gig though like i oh, could yeah. actually i could nearly feel it now thinking about it it'd, <laughs> yeah. be, it'd be a dream come true at this stage yeah and no like it's funny the way as well no um because of people's expectations it's been lowered so much that you know people would remember that as like the best gig they've ever been to yeah they've been just starved of it for so long <laughs> like, we're not even that good <laughs> yeah, we, oh my god yeah, i like the way you're thinking <laughs> yeah. oh oh man so um your uh, song lying next to me is going to play us out tonight. Do you want to tell us what it's about? Uh, well, again, it's, it's like one of those things. The, uh, with, you always have to give kind of a, a spin on, on what it's about in a short sentence. There's like, like it's, it was written over like 10 years. So it's a bit like there's a lot of different things going on. Mm-hmm. But just the main, the, the title itself lying next to you, the idea is, you know, you could be lying next to someone this is going to sound really stupid. <laughs> it looks way better written there. No, you could be lying next to someone like physically. Mm. So you're very close to them. <laughs> but then you're also lying next, to, as in not telling the truth. Sorry. <laughs> the words come out of my mouth. It sounds really stupid. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. And it's the idea that you could be so close to someone yet you still can't really be fully honest with them and can't tell them what you feel. And uh, I suppose you could 
put that you could apply that to any sort of relationship you know romantic or non-romantic like yeah. um it's the same idea as like being thirsty at sea you know water water everywhere not a drop to drink that kind of yeah, thing yeah yeah um, <laughs> sorry it's just when you verbalize it you're like that's it's so stupid but um <laughs> but yeah uh so that's kind of the, the main kind of premise of it um but yeah cool yeah. it's uh it's definitely it's one of those things that everybody has experienced at some stage in their life oh yeah absolutely so even like your boss at work like or you know you, you have to all be nice to people but you could work beside someone your whole life and never really tell them that you fucking hate them you know kind of way. Like, you know, <laughs> it's kind of yeah but it, but it, importantly though with, with all our songs is we like for promotional purposes, we, we do have to give people some idea of like what genre they are, what they're about and all that. But if say you listen to this, it means something completely different to you. That's totally fair. Like, it's not like anyone's wrong or right, mm. you know, whatever you take from it, whatever, even if you think I said different words, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. What you are like, what you said earlier on, music is subjective. It's all about yeah, how yeah, it makes exactly. you feel and how you interpret it. Yeah. All that stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, uh, this has been one of the most rock star interviews I've ever done. <laughs> uh, four minutes till I go to bed at half night. <laughs> no, seriously, Dave. Uh, it's been one of the most fun ones. I don't think I've <laughs> laughed as much. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> no, I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, sure, can sell it ourselves more. But yeah. no, no, I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, yeah no, it was good. Come on.
so calm, I am so dark, I am so warm, I am so harsh, I am so bitter, I can't sleep, I wanna talk but I can't speak, I wanna tell you, I wanna shout, it really hurts since you put me down, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, when I'm lying absolutely love their music before you go i just wanted to let you know that next week is our 20th episode and i have a very special one planned i managed to get two very very special guests i'm not going to tell you who they are just now but keep a close eye on social media over the coming days for a couple of hints so until next time keep rocking What are you guys still doing here? The show is over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.